Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and with me as ever is Marek Larwood. Marek, hello. Hello, David. For listeners, for our regular listeners, we might sound different today because you have rearranged your front room. I've rearranged my front room, yes, we're now sitting on the opposite side of the room. So uh, the microphone is pointed not in the direction of the howling wind and traffic and all of the police sirens, but actually in the direction of the window uh, that goes into the lovely picturesque courtyard area of the estate, which currently has some strimming going on. So... And there's some sirens, see if you can tell the difference. I mean, it's, it's, it's the worst recording studio, isn't it? It's these fine details that, that brings the millions, sorry, I meant tens of people. On, back, a, on a good week. Back week after week. And also, I mean, on, we, we always record this a couple of days before, so this goes on the Friday, so we yeah. record this on the Wednesday. On Sunday, I tried a tweet along to a film. Yes, it was. A, was it a success? How did it, it go? It was an extraordinary success. Let me paint the picture for you, listeners. I picked a film. I thought I'd pick a really dull, average film. I picked Sabotage, showing on sub- Channel Five, which is a five point seven rating. And as I tweeted, exact same rating as my life to date. I think. 5.7. 5.7. Sure. Uh, uh, at the end of it, it gone da- It had gone down. Yeah, your life, your life's, your life's going okay, but no one could claim it was a six. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's an optimistic rating. Yeah. So I tweeted along. Uh, I mean, uh, quite a few at the start, and then more sporadically towards the end. Sure. I thought we'd lose followers, but we gained four followers. Oh wow! Well, I've never heard of sabotage. What is it? It was a lost th- it, sabotage. It's just, any film that Channel Five are going to show as the as the network premiere, yeah, I mean, is a bad sign. They don't splash the cash when no. it comes to their movies, do they? It's part of the Arnold Schwarzenegger comeback where he is a comeback. In, when did he ever go away? When he was a governor. Ah, oh, it's post governor. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, so it, he is the head of the DEA, and they at the start of it, the uh, drug enforcement uh, squad, whatever they're called. They agency, they steal some money for some drug lords, and then one, and then gradually they get killed one by one. It's apparently it was inspired. Someone tweeted in by um, Agatha Christie's, and then there were none. Okay, yeah. The problem with it is, and I think why no one watched it is that all the characters are horrible. 
You know when everyone swears and they're just a real arm, yeah, yeah. really horrible. Much like in Agatha Christie's, and then there were well, the no. opposite. The opposite to that. But uh, they, not one redeeming feature to any characters. I gave it three Marricks. Uh, the tweet lung was not a real success. It never really, no one particularly showed that much interest. So I mean, it's good to try these things and and throw them away forever. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe a bit of a more of a heads up. Did you announce it on the day, or did you? Yeah, I mean. I don't mind. No, fine, um, fine. If you would like us to tweet along to a film, you can. You could uh, email in. Yeah, do. Uh, you can go to filmfandango.com and uh, there's a little contact box you can fill in there and that'll get to us. Um, go to the contact page. Uh, yes, you've also been to the cinema properly this week, haven't yes. you? Yes. Uh, long-term listeners will remember back in 2014, I think, a film, an indie film, made my top five films of the year. Blue Ruin. Yeah, it was the year where all films um, with blue in the title were good. Blue yeah. is the warmest colour. It's a general rule we talked about before. Deep Blue Sea. Uh, this was a, a film that was just an independent where the, the director and the main star basically maxed out their credit cards to pay for this film and shot it on a C300 yeah. and it's it did great. and it did really and, and the performances you get a really fresh performance the actual main actor was a comic book artist he cast as a main actor and he feels really different to mm. normal actors you see uh, on the telly anyway since then they've gone on to make uh, bigger films this one's called Green Room which makes me wonder if they're doing some sort of Three colours, red, yeah, yeah. blue, blue um, ruin, green room, and yellow trousers. Yellow, um, yellow trousers. Yeah. Or bra- um, beige potato. Brown eye. Brown eye. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a good game you can play at home. Um, orange, orange. <laughs> that would be a good. F- I'd watch orange, orange. I like. That. I would watch orange, orange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's written, written by Jeremy Saulnier. Okay. who is a blue ruined bloke and the actor uh, Macon Blair Macon Blair p- plays um, a sort of villain in this this I think they're really interesting filmmakers blue ruined is quite brutal mm. this is really visceral and oh, brutal really? to the point I, I get quite squeamish in extreme gore and it's re- not I don't mind gore if it's unrealistic yeah it's really sort of hot sort of Sam Raimi-esque sort of yeah, even, fun I always think of the Robocop even, even that gore the bloke yeah, with a yeah. toxic waste yeah, slightly yeah. ridiculous when it's just sort of uh, knife injuries and mm. things like that and really hot what's the story what's what's it about so uh, I don't think I'm giving away any spoilers there's a, a band who uh, decide that to be really really cool they're going to sort of drop off the social media radar so you're just going to do gigs and just rely on the old-fashioned way of doing things. And they're doing really badly, obviously. They haven't got any money. They're driving around the country, siphoning off petrol to try and get gigs. And they go to one place that's cancelled. And he puts them in touch with a sort of festival going on that his cousin's in charge of, which is in the middle of nowhere. And it's a right-wing mm. group sort of punk festival. And they play... Um, I've seen sort of reviews of this and they witness something basically the band are about they play their gig it's not too many spoilers they see something horrible yeah and suddenly they are they're witnesses yeah, and yeah. they're in a gang of right wing sort of fundamentalist cults and it is 
when you watch 70s horror and it reminded me a bit of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre right of it there when violence is most effective is when it seems real when people get killed or injured and there isn't any you don't feel there's any logic to it Mm. you don't feel as if oh he's a star he's going to be yeah, fine yeah. Even he's it takes be... away your safety net of knowing it's a story doesn't it yeah a, a bit like when you're at, on the front row of a comedy gig and they've started you don't know what's going to happen and you're feel tense and and stressed the whole way through yeah. and disgusted and scared and it's it's not a pleasant experience I wouldn't say I enjoyed it I, I think I enjoy Blue Ruin more and a really difficult, brutal film. How um, frightening is Patrick Stewart? Uh, Patrick Stewart is very good. He he plays the sort of main bad guy. Because I don't think he's often stretched his uh, wings, muscles, whichever metaphor you like, in cinema that often. You know, it's, he's it's, basically done uh, Jean Luc Picard again for other people, but this looked a bit different. They're echoes of Jean Luc. I don't know if he's got the greatest range. Okay. Um, I love that Macon Blair bloke. I think he's a really distinct character. He's got a great face. There's a slight touch of the Peter Laurie about him. Okay. He's got slightly the googly eyed yeah, th- yeah. thing and just looking a bit different. Uh, it's, it's, it's proper surprise shock moments in this that come out of nowhere. There's no rhyme or they've. they've Broken down a lot of the conventions, what you feel. It's just all bits of broken glass and injuries. It's hot. It's horrible. It's not an enjoyable film, but I think these are. This Macon. <laughs> it's still good though. It's good. Yeah, it's good yeah. to feel something different afterwards, even if you feel disgusted. I think that's why we go to the cinema and it's why we read books is to feel to feel different things. Streams of humanity while still being actually safe. Yes, uh, we don't have to go and experience these things to go. Oh, I was really invigorated. I lost a leg, but yeah. it was worth it. I, the difference between Blue Ruin is that uh, I go back to this a lot. That in this and the same as Sabotage, the band are they're not really likable. They're all sort of horrible. Right, they're all dicks. I think he does that on purpose, so you don't really feel. Uh, but why would you? Why would the director not want you to feel an attachment to people who then get offed? I mean, I surely know. that would be a greater experience. What I found really uh, interesting when I was watching it and the band were in this room, I felt really worried about the girl because she's more vulnerable. So yeah. I felt I felt more wor- worried about her safety than the other sort of male members. Sure, it's quite odd. I don't know what that makes me some sort of um, modern day Jesus, probably. Probably a sort of gentleman hero. Yes, I probably am the gentleman hero of, of the age. Yeah. Well, you should do more about that. So I, spread the word. I just I'm fascinated. To see, I want to see what they're going to do next. Yeah. If they're going to break out of this sort of brutal thriller, that's their genre. They've that yeah. they've set up, but with more interesting characters and the uh, uh, it feels a lot more real life. It reminds me of seventies horror when it felt realistic that you could step, you could a couple of things could go wrong and you could find yourself stuck in them. You know, some American Hicksville town yeah, yeah. with psychopaths, and it felt that brutally real thing, like a bit like uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Somebody, when you yeah. go, off, it is a possibility it could happen to you. The th- the thing I find most frightening um, about violence in films is 
those characters who are not rational in their motivations. They're far more frightening than your Bond villain equivalents who are educated university men who don't do anything that doesn't benefit them and they're minions who just do what they're told. That, that's not actually that frightening. I think, certainly as a middle-class, very English man, what terrifies me is the idea I couldn't talk my way out of a situation because the other person just isn't rational. That's frightening. And so when you get those rare characters who just do stuff because they're sort of beasts, mm. that, that's terrifying. But in this, the villains are all, they're not all two-dimensional. Right. There's, diff- there's, there's a gang and there's different personalities within this gang of these sort of right-wing sort of activists, whatever they are. So you feel there's ones you like more than others. In the mm. band, there's ones you like more than others. And there's, there's a sort of arguments going on within the band. There's arguments going on between in the sort of activists as yeah, well. Yeah. So it's a lot more... They do that really well of not just having... You know, here's a bad guy. Kill that bad guy. They, they, they give the bad guys personality. They give the bad person personality. So it's a good film. Yeah. Seven or eight, seven probably. Seven Marrix. Well, green room. Uh, there you go. Sounds sounds good. And I, I, I'm looking forward to what he does next. Yeah. Whether it's purple uh, rain, <laughs> a remake, of, remake purple of, rain. of purple rain, or red current jam. I mean, red's the colour you'd naturally go for, isn't it? What, after blue and green? I don't know. Blue, green. Red and yellow yellow and blue and green. green. Purple and orange and gold. Grey. Grey and milk. 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 Milk and biscuits. Milkman, maybe. (laughs) That sounds like a bit of one of our films, Milkman. Milkman. Yeah, well, I think think now we've talked about one film... It's time to hear what you think by going to this. Here's an email from Martin Appleyard. Uh, it says, Hello, David and Merrick. If you read this out, please have no emotion in your voice. Okay. What's all the fuss about Mark Rylance? I've just watched Bridge of Spies and enjoyed it a lot apart from the Oscar-winning performance from Mark Rylance, which was pants. In the movie, his character has his home raided by feds when he is exposed as a Russian spy, he is in a courtroom facing the death penalty, and he is handed back to the Russians, who are almost certainly going to torture and kill him. How does Britain's best actor choose to play this part? He decides to play it as an ultra-calm, zen master, Yoda-type character. He shows no emotion in any situation. If I was Tom Hanks, I would have punched his lights out. If every time I asked an important question, he glibly replied with the catchphrase, Would it help? Try it out, David. Ask Marek a series of really important questions, to which Marek always replies, Would it help? And see how long before he gets his lights punched out. He's also just won a BAFTA for Wolf Hall, which was a piece of boring bobbins. Question. Who do you think is overrated as an actor? Keep watching the films. Martin Appleyard. Do you believe that's true, Matt? Yeah, I remember I, when I talked about Bridger Spies yeah. a year ago, I, I found it very odd that people were raving at his performance. Yeah, yeah. It's so small. It's so He doesn't do anything. Mm. He doesn't do anything. Uh, and you, can say, you can't say he's bad. 
Oh, because he's clearly, if you've ever seen him uh, doing theatre acting, I've seen him a few times, he's phenomenal. So it's a choice, it's a definite choice. But he doesn't, and in Wolf Hall as well, he barely barely moves his face. Mm. And in Bridge of Spies, I thought he's totally sapped the energy out of every scene. And I thought it was a really boring performance. And it makes you think you're mad. You think you you stop trusting people's judgment when people are saying, oh, Mark Ranch is brilliant. It wasn't. Yeah, he didn't actually do. I wonder if it's, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen him in these performances. I haven't seen Wolf Hall, and I've not seen Bridge of Spies, so I can't really comment. I've only seen him in uh, Blitz, which is a very, very odd film, which is fifty percent properly gritty crime drama. Yeah, and it's got Paddy Considine and Mark Rylance and uh, Aidan Gillen in it. And it's 50, uh, the other 50% is a Jason Statham movie oh. with Jason Statham being all Jason Statham yeah. in it. And it, it's so, it, Mark Rylance, again, doesn't do very much, but he is good in it. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because part, part of me wonders if it's just ego, where if you do less, if you react less, if you are less emotionally involved than people around you, you seem better than them higher status than them like the other people seem silly for caring so much and it elevates you but at the expense of the project well the I, there's a, a comedy actor a bloke I won't mention his name do you know what I'm talking about <laughs> anyway sure. there's a comedy actor and I've been in a few things with him and I go too big in my problem anyway but he, he didn't move his face at all right he barely moved. You could just have had a paper cut out. You know when you have those really bad puppets where you have the mouth and a mm. bit of paper and you up and yeah, down? Yeah. you just done that. That's yeah. all he was doing. So quiet. Every every single thing was just like Well, this. there's other techniques I've heard about where if you're incredibly quiet, um, the boom operator needs to get closer to you, which means that the camera operator then needs to give you more of a close-up to frame the boom out. So it's a technique of getting more close-ups. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. there's all sorts of what tricks. A cynical world. I know. Who who do you think is overrated? Oh, plenty of people. I would have to go for someone who's. I don't know because there are people who've just worked consistently, and I don't think people do celebrate them that much. You know, the likes of Nicole Kidman, who I've never enjoyed. I just. But she's find still her... better than Keira Knightley, though. Uh, Keira Knightley just does what Keira Knightley does. I don't know. She's. No, she's not strong. She's a bit wooden. Mm. Um, although I enjoyed her in Atonement. I thought Atonement was very good. I don't know. Who who about you, apart from Mark Rylance? What Mark Rylance, Keira Knightley. Uh, Pretty much everyone from the Harry Potter... The kids from the Harry Potter I films. I think Daniel like, Radcliffe is... But, it's very odd, Daniel Radcliffe, because I I was having to do some research... Some, to watch those of internet things for this thing I was uh, writing... And there are lots of Daniel Radcliffe sort of interviews and him joining yeah. in. He just seems like a nerdy kid. Well, he is. Who's really buffed out. He's yeah. got been Hollywoodified. You know, got really yeah. muscly and quite. And it doesn't suit him really. And, and just, like in Woman in Black, where he's in the film version, he's actually really good. But he's just too young. For apart it. from when he opens his mouth, because his his voice isn't that of a leading mm. man. You, his voice is weak, and you end up going. But the story's not about how weak he is. So why is he in this part? 
and he he can't play a parent. He just doesn't look like one yeah. yet. You know, it's very very odd. But I think Emma Watson is worse. I think she's totally. I've not really seen wooded. anything since she's uh... in the new live action Beauty and the Beast they've made as Beauty as Belle, and uh, they've released a tr- teaser for it now. And it's just even the one line they've used in the teaser is wood. <laughs> I I don't really think. Um... I noticed in the next, next X-Men there's uh, Sansa Stark from yes. Grey of Stones. I always thought she was uh, Game of Stones. Game Thrones. of Thrones. Oh my God. <laughs> Grave of Stones. Grave of Stones. I've always thought she was terrible in that. And then I think it's very doing... difficult with child actors though because they cast them for some ability but mostly their look and then they grow into different looks and you don't know whether you're going to be one of those confident teenagers or mm. nervy teenagers and I think it would amplify your insecurities as a teenager to be doing it all in the public eye mm. I, I can't imagine anything worse at that I age can. oh sure there are worse things but, uh, but, but but I can't imagine anything worse <laughs> here is a message that's come through our our website that's nice isn't it it's always nice go to filmfandango.co.uk or com and fill in the form this is from Johnny Atfield that's a good name it is dear American David I recently discovered your brilliant podcast can't remember how great story but glad that I did anyway how do you think he did do it I don't know because there's literally no, no way of finding it <laughs> Unless you spilt tea on your keyboard yeah. and you're trying to wipe off and by <laughs> some fluke you spell the, that's how we get new listeners. Anyway. Uh, I'm steadily working. I'm steadily working my way through your back catalogue on iTunes while driving to work. Not in one go. That would be a bloody long journey. A great idea in theory. Although I have to check my mirrors every time I hear sirens on your podcast. Anyhow, on to the films. I recently saw an article on the BBC website, one that was actually so good that I read the whole thing. It was about a group of Finnish divers who, who tried to traverse an underwater cave in Norway called the Plura. Two divers died during their original descent, and owing to the complexity and depth of the caves, the body could not be recovered. A film documentary, Diving Into the Unknown, has been produced about the dive and the group's subsequent attempts to recover the bodies of their friends. I encourage you to seek out the article and take a look at the film's website where you can see the trailer. It looks stunning. Ordinarily, ordinarily the thought of a foreign subtitle film will leave me cold. The mere thought of having to read whilst being being a total... whilst watching being a total put-off. However, this looks amazing and the story equally so. Um, so that's that, yeah. And he says, I've been following your Boeing man plans with interest. I wonder if you considered setting up a GoBumMe.com crowdfunding website to help get this project off the ground. Anyhow, keep watching the films. Regards, Johnny. So, diving into the unknown, that's something Sounds to look good. out for. Yeah. I, that's one of my terrors, is um, having to go potholing or diving into yeah, the I mean, I'm a, I'm a scuba diver. I'm, you know, qualified oh, yeah. uh, rescue diver. And I still am not sure about cave diving. Because, you know what, it doesn't sound that enjoyable. It's just one of those dangerous things for the sake of it like you go you go on you hold a wire and go through caves underground if you're lucky there's a wire if you're actually exploring you'll just be going through caves and often if they're too small for humans you have to take your tank off and push it in front of you as you go and you keep an eye on your air gauge uh, like a hawk because the the time it took you to get there 
if you're exploring, you don't know if there's um, if it actually goes through or whether it just stops. So at the halfway point, you need to go back and and at the same speed, or you'll run out of air. I so think the terror it's terrifying. Of, getting, of getting stuck underwater, you are absolutely screwed. Yeah. Especially if you, there isn't open water above you, it's why open water diving is so much more relaxing. How would you? Why would you ever want to do that? Well, I don't know, just because other people haven't, I guess. But it's not for me. Where's the enjoyment in it? No. Well, finding a cave that you're the first human beings to ever be inside, I guess. Yeah, because other because totally a natural being. <laughs> do you want to read a message? Yeah. Which one? The next one from our website is from. Joe Chivers. Hello, David Merrick and Buddy. While I am an avid film lover, I do find myself frequently going to YouTube for entertainment more often than I should. One of the channels on there I often go to is the Cinemassacre channel, which produce videos about games, movies and other topics. Watching one of their videos brought up an interesting fact of how both the Pink Panther and Halloween film franchises have similar names for different instalments, e.g. both franchises... Fourth film is Return Of, the fifth is Revenge Of. <laughs> Have you ever noticed any other unintentional similarities between movies and movie franchises such as this? Keep watching the films. Joel from Bromley. Uh, thank you, Joel. That's a really good point. It is, yeah. Um, I've point, it's incredibly obscure and I've said it before and nobody re- responded. But in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the last time you see Leonard Nimoy, he puts his hand to a glass window in a door... And then the next scene, they play Amazing Grace on the bagpipes. And that's the exact same thing that happens to him in uh, Wrath of Khan, where he puts his hand on the glass window. Oh, really? And at his funeral, they play Amazing Grace on the bagpipes. It's a weird coincidence. Yeah. I have no idea what it means. Or whether it's just Americans love Amazing Grace on the bagpipes at funerals. I don't know. There was... um, I can't remember. I saw a film where... Uh, it's about, was it about weird coincidences? I don't think. I think it was always really weird when you see an actor who's before they've got famous, yeah, and they become famous with a different sort of genre of films in a different, sure, in a smaller part. Of it. It's I like saw, seeing um, Lloyd Bridges from Airplane in some serious drama. Yes, he went in the westerns. We yeah, used to play yeah, them, yeah, yeah. That's always weird. Or um, Leslie Nielsen, even. Yeah, I saw the weirdest. Um, it's is it called Creep Show? And it's um, a series of short. Uh, horror stories of which Stephen King definitely wrote one if not all of them and he cameos in one himself as a man slowly turning into a plant anyway there's a revenge murder story that starts and it's serious and sort of horrible but it stars Leslie Nielsen and Ted Danson and it's just weird seeing those two in a horror you just go this is this is so light I can't yeah. I can't quite believe it I think uh, the film I saw last year, I think it's called The Day the Earth Caught Fire, or some odd 50s film, right. apocalypse film, and it's got... Uh, Michael Caine plays a policeman, a uh, very young Michael Caine, directing someone uh, into the cars to go to a certain way. Right. And it's so obviously Michael Caine from his voice, you can see it's him. Yeah. But it's just a one-line part, and it's really odd seeing him, a superstar, just as this, as a crappy extra role. I don't know if that's answered the question at all, probably not. No, what, but weird coincidences between franchises. No, I can't think of any others off the top of my head. That's a really good one, though, the name thing. Why not send your weird coincidences in? Yeah, help us out with this one. You can email us at dearfilmfandango at gmail.com or just go to our website, filmfandango.com. 
and fill in the form there. Or you can start a conversation on Facebook, forward slash Film Fandango, or you can tweet us at Mr. David Reed, at Marek Larwood, and at Film Fandango. Um, right, well, I've seen a film this week as well. Oh, before that... What? If you want to do the donations bit. All right. But if you... But I think this is a special week because this is the Film Fandango host's birthday week. It is. It's my birthday, well, yesterday, as uh, this has been released, tomorrow in terms of how we're recording it. Yeah. And it's yours next week, isn't it? So a week, yours is on Thursday, isn't it? That's right. So our birthdays are seven days apart. Also, this was the week where all of the Hammer Horror guys had their birthdays. Yeah. So June the second, Peter Cushing is it? Uh, uh, Peter Cushing is uh, May twenty sixth. Um, I think it. Oh, it's the thing you died. It's on June the second. Right. Scaramanga. Scaramanga, yeah. Um, Chris, uh, Christopher Lee, and then Vincent Price was around this time as well. I am going to be forty years old. So a lot of you are thinking, how can we, how can we get presents? To Davy and Marek to thank them for this podcast we are still listening to. The best present would be to donate via our website. Okay. A million pounds. A million pounds. I mean, that is. I'd feel guilty if someone gave me a gift of a million pounds. If someone donated a million pounds, yeah, then I could, I would happily. We would immediately stop doing the podcast. No, I, <laughs> I would happily do this. For, all right, I'll do it for the next ten years then, and we can do we do videos. Sure, we might go really go for it. Okay, so if we can try and get to that million <laughs> million pound mark, well, no, if you'd like to donate towards the podcast because it has been free for um, many many weeks now over four years of weeks then go to filmfandango.com and press the donate button and everyone who has thank you yes, very thank much thank you very much um, I've seen a film this week yes um, I caught up on one of the Oscar buzzy films from last year that I missed out on not any of the ones you've talked about already it's one that we passed us by that I was actually interested in at the time which is Creed now, which is the latest offering from the Rocky film franchise. Stallone was hotly tipped to win the Oscar for this, but he didn't. He was, and I think it's right that he didn't. Um, he This performance is the same as his other ones, which is it's good. And it, it's got that perfect balance that Stallone just manages of sort of affable, real, mm. um, and sentimental. Like, he... He is almost, in terms of his film choices, the uh, the Robin Williams of violence. Whereas Robin Williams combined uh, screwball comedies with deep sentimentality. Mm. Sylvester Stallone uh, combines violence and murdering people with deep sentimentality. And the Rocky franchise, for me, works better than the Expendables one. Because with the Expendables one, they're mercenaries in a foreign land, literally murdering people, and then having heart-to-heart conversations about being brothers. And in Rocky, they're just sportsmen, working-class sportsmen, giving it a go. Is this just a total rehash of Rocky, then? Well, look, all all Rocky films are a total rehash of Rocky. It's, It's a genre, almost, in itself. But it invented so many of the tropes of sports movies... And does it really well. It's a character-driven traditional sports film. But this one does have a difference in that 
uh, Rocky Balboa himself, Sylvester Stallone, has taken a side seat to be the mentor character, not the leading role, and Apollo Creed's um, illegitimate son. Is it Michael Jordan or something he's called? Michael B. Johnson. Michael, or Michael B. Johnson, yeah. I think it's, is it's, his it's name. It's a famous athlete. He's put a letter in to differentiate between himself and a really famous athlete. No, it is Jordan, you're right. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Um Who's really good, actually. He's excellent as uh, Adonis Creed. Uh, Adonis Johnson, that's why I was thinking of Johnson, uh, who then takes his father's name for because he's forced to because people want to make Is it money just off it. just a more him. hip-hop version of Rocky? No, no, there's well, no okay. hip-hop in it. Um it, weirdly, Sylvester Stallone is now as old as Burgess Meredith was playing his coach in the first Rocky film. The Penguin. Yeah, the Penguin. As old as the <laughs> Penguin was. You know what? I enjoyed Rocky Balboa when old Rocky works, you know? Yeah. And there's more tragedy to him. And Stallone knows how to play it, but keep it keep it slightly lighter. And there's always levity in the, his script. This is the first one he's not written. Okay, but it is, it is very, very much a Rocky film. It's not gone into the eighties territory of being sort of campy and a bit ludicrous. They got, yeah. they lost their way. This is a sequel to Rocky Balboa, and just like all the best of the Rocky films, it's really enjoyable. You know, okay. it's good character stuff. There's good dialogue in there. There's some excellent training montages. There's, I think, three or four of them in this film, and. There are moments that do hit you because they care about their characters. It's the same thing as he starts out against the odds, hopeful, something goes wrong, he looks like he's going to lose everything. I mean, you're describing all stories. I mean, it's about the journey, not about the structure. Oh, come on, David. You know, he he starts out, wants to be a boxer, uh, uh, gets some success, gets more and more success, and then everyone in the world dies. That would be a different story, but probably not very satisfying. Or he trips on his way to the ring. His shorts come down and everyone sees his uh, bits. Everyone sees his bits, yeah. And then then America falls into the sea. And a seagull comes. <laughs> By some fluke, a seagull flies onto... It's an outdoor fight. Yeah. And it thinks it's another... It thinks he's... Mistakes his genitals for another bird. <laughs> yeah. And attacks... Attacks it, and the next hour of the film is him trying to stop this seagull attacking his bits. It takes everything in off. real time. One it's shot. It's an albatross. It takes it, it completely oh, makes, him into, terrible, it makes him into a eunuch. They're, oh, eventually, spoilers. And then he has to he has to become a you and it, with that he loses all. He doesn't have it. He hasn't got his balls to create the testosterone. Whatever. It is. <laughs> It becomes really passive, and he gets into. Ballet, I mean, this ballet. this sounds sort of like a bit of a more of a dream than a film you're describing, but well, and as an ambition, as right? an ambition, yeah, I think you should make it. But it's interestingly, it does slightly to use a really crap pun. It does pull its punches a bit in that it it does have moments of great tragedy and sadness, and there's some great dialogue in there, but. It doesn't go whole hog, this is a human drama with great tragedy in it. It goes slightly the side of popcorn. Um, okay. But it is hugely enjoyable. They know 
Sylvester Stallone knows how to write a sports movie. Do you think so? He's done the same film about 20 times. Well, exactly. I've got no problem with that, Like, if it's a good one. And they clearly want the franchise to carry on now with a new character, but I think this is a perfect place to leave it. Frankly. Yeah, they won't. It made money. It won't leave me left. Yeah, the next one will be less good if Stallone isn't doing it or whatever. But yeah. I mean, there's a really sad bit where... Because Rocky, the character, he doesn't recast people, really, Stallone. So if the actor's died, the character is dead. Or if the actor won't do it, the character's dead, you know. And there's a scene where he goes to Paulie and Adrian's graves, who are both now gone. Yeah. And he goes there and he takes a chair down out of a tree that he leaves there. And he just starts telling them about his day, like he does every single day. And it's just like... Yeah, he's got nobody left, has he? That's it. This is yeah. it's just him left on his own talking to... And it's a, it's very much... In terms of Stallone, and this is why he was hotly contended, this is a story about a man who's sort of... His day's done. And everyone... everyone his people have all gone already. People like my life now, I'm turning 40. Well, maybe you'd like watching Creed. Maybe you need to start mentoring a young black comic. Yeah. Maybe that would give your life new meaning, which is what this is about, obviously. Who'd have thought? Who was your old rival who's had an illegitimate child? No one's had an illegitimate child, no. Oh, that's a shame. But who would have thought that I would have found my life's purpose through a second hand, what, through you watching a Rocky film? Turns out that's how it works. But not Creed, I. I I enjoy it. I think it's it's another great sports film. It doesn't do much different to the other ones. In fact, it probably does nothing different. But it's still a good romp. You know, I'd give it, I'd give it seven. I think it's enjoyable. Seven. Yeah. Well, that's about it, isn't it? We'd better go and celebrate our birthdays. Hey, cake! And I'll be back next week with my new mentor. You, Not my mentor, my protege. Your mentee. Mentee. My protege is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. Your protege. protege your apprentice. Delroy. Delroy, well, you can't just pick his name. He'll have a name. No, he's a comic. He's a black comic. Oh, is he? Delroy. Do you know Delroy wants to do this? He's very keen. Oh, okay, good. Well, that'll be good. You can teach him some moves. Um, I'll, we'll... teach, I'll teach him how to not finish sentences. Yeah. And say sort of a lot. That's the key to it. Invaluable advice. We'll be back next week. Keep, Keep watching, watching the films. films. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.